Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, welcome to another TRC broadcast. I am your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod, and I am so delighted that you are here with us once again. Uh, I'm ready to get into the word of God tonight, and I hope you are ready to hear. He that have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We're going to have a whole lot of things to talk about this afternoon, but I hope that you are ready. Your spirit is ready. You are open to hear the revelation of God. We are here to break open the word of God and break the bread of life together. Amen. So without any further ado, let's get ready to get right on into the word of God this afternoon. Uh, you know, with the, with the world that we live in where the enemy is trying to constantly play keep away. Keep away with the things God has blessed you uh, uh, with. Keep away with your health. Keep away with your finances. Keep away with your good relationships, things of that nature. We understand that the Bible says that all the promises of God are yea and so be it. So what exactly is the problem? Why is it that it seems such a struggle to walk in righteousness. Why is there such a struggle to do the things that are right? Right now, for many people, having a successful life has just become a wish or just a figment of their imagination. I'm here to tell you today, we are far beyond passivity. It's time now for us not to just allow the enemy to just push us around it's time right now to make up in your mind that you are in a battle. You are in the fight. The Bible says no man that warreth entangle himself with the, with, the, uh, with the affairs of this life, but that he might please him that calls him to be a soldier. So we have to come to a place right now that all the aggression that we use toward others, aggression that we use toward other human beings, it's time right now to focus in on our real enemy. It's time right now for us to see who our real adversary is. And unless you know who your adversary is, you're going to have a problem. You can go through life. You can go through life trying to intimidate other people. You can go through life trying to rebel against other people. But that's not your real enemy. Your real enemy, the Bible declares him as, as Satan. Uh, the adversary and opposition to our soul. So it's time for us to take back what he has stolen from us. And it's time for us to become spiritually violent. Are you listening to me? Yeah, I know it sounds hard, but I'm telling you right now, it is necessary. It is time for us to operate and spiritual violence, not just the violence where we throw things up against the wall, where we get angry with people, where we walk in unforgiveness and all of these other things. That's not what we're talking about. It's time for you now to focus in on your real enemy and turn up. Look at someone and say, it's time to turn up. Amen. It's time for us to turn up and stop turning out. Are you listening? So let's start this by going to Matthew, Matthew, the 11th chapter, and we're going to read a scripture that you've heard before, but we're going to dissect this so you can arm yourself. My purpose in this message is to help you to 
arm yourself so you can turn up the aggression and the spirit and no longer be pushed around by your enemy. Are you listening to me? Let us go right now, if you would. Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to read a very, very familiar scripture. But once we read this, I want you to put on your spiritual ears so you can hear what the spirit is saying to the church. And before I read the scripture, I want you to ask yourself right now, what deficits do you have in your life? What things that you are still hoping for that you know the Bible has declared it belongs to you? What are the things that you seem to find hard to get your hands on that God said was already yours? And the truth of the matter is, is it is already yours because according to 1 Peter, the Bible says, according as his divine power, he hath, as past tense, given us all things that pertain unto both life and godliness through the recognition and understanding and knowledge of him that has called you to glory and virtue. Now, let's jump right on into the scripture because there's a lot to be said. The Bible says here in verse 12, it says, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. Did you get that? From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force. Now, I'm going to read this to you or we're going to really dissect this because there's so much for me to say about this. Number one, why did it say until the days of John the Baptist until now? The reason for that is, is John was a forerunner to Jesus. Are you listening? Up until the time that Jesus came, the spirit of God only came on man. But when John the Baptist came to present Jesus and Jesus came and was baptized and the Bible says, and we saw the dove, the dove descended upon him and the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased from that point. Man was infilled and the Holy Spirit indwelled in a man. And so he went from the Spirit coming on a man to the Spirit coming in a man. What was God doing? He was preparing you and I. He was equipping you and I in order for us to be a stronger breed of man and woman. He was enabling us to walk in the fullness of his Spirit. Up until that time, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. Up until that time, the kingdom of heaven, we lost, the mankind lost a lot of battles along the way. It even appeared that the kingdom of darkness was actually whipping the kingdom of heaven. It appeared like that to the natural eye that we were taking a massive ale because we did not have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So God had to come on a man, anoint a man on his flesh to do what flesh couldn't otherwise do. 
But aren't you glad that the spirit of God came to live on the inside of us? That means that no matter who you are, if you are in the kingdom, the Bible says the least one is greater than John the Baptist, the least one in the kingdom. So no matter how long it's been since you've been saved, you are greater than John the Baptist because John said to Jesus when Jesus was out there and said, John, I want you to baptize me. And then John said, I have need to be baptized of you. Jesus said, suffer it not to be so. Suffer it to be so that the king, that the, that the, 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 the word of God will be manifest. He said, basically, look, it has been ordained for you to baptize me. But all the while, I'm about to be baptized in the spirit of God. And from that day to this point, we were all that are born again are born of the spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So now you got to understand something. Demons recognize an empty vessel. So when they come at us now, they recognize if the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. They, they recognize that. Why? Because demons themselves are disembodied spirits. Are you listening to what I'm saying? If you listen to most people and you ask them the question, what are demons? They'll say fallen angels. That's not really so. It's not. You have to do your own study. You go to the sixth chapter of Genesis. The Bible talks about how the sons of God came down, which the interpretation of the sons of God was really talking about the angels and they co-inhabited with women. They produced a hybrid race of men, which were giants. And then the Bible says that God wiped out all flesh, every living creature. But because they were half angel and they were half human, the human side of them was wiped away in the flood. However, their spirits, the angel part of them became disembodied. So they are the demons. Are you listening to what I'm saying? We're going to talk a little bit more about the other side of that as we move on. I don't want to spend a lot of time because it'll open up so many doors, but you just listen, disembodied. Remember the Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 and uh, through 45, when an unclean spirit goeth out of a man, that means he got cast out. He's now disembodied. It walketh to and fro through dry places, seeking rest and it findeth none. Then said he, I will return to my house from which I came out. That is what demons try to do right now. They try to return to your house in order to repossess your house. But if you will feel with the spirit, they can only come and oppress you. They can come and depress you, but they can't possess you. Are you listening? So they are disembodied spirits. Now, and they recognize if you are empty. They recognize if the Holy Spirit is not indwelling on the inside. And so, therefore, we realize at this point, they will bring seven more spirits, more wickeder than themselves, the Bible says, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. That was verse 45. So, that tells us also, they measure, there's a different measures of strength in demonic activity and evilness, more wickeder than themselves. 
And why? Because they need reinforcements. Now, enough about that. Let's continue to go on because what I want you to recognize is you don't do yourself favor when you don't really spend time with God building yourself up. Are you listening to me? Now, let's continue to move on. So this is one reasons why they try you. Even if you have the Holy Spirit on the inside, they try you to find out if you are walking in the fullness of the Spirit. So they will always come and try to overtake you, try to oppress you, try to influence you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And so you have to be on top of your game. If you're not, then what happens is even though you have the Holy Spirit on the inside, what happens is they come in and there's a certain amount of influence and they will cause a regenerated, born again, man, a woman of God to live as though nothing has happened to them. Are you listening? This is why it's so important to know who your enemy is. See, get your eyes off of people. Stop trying to bully people. This is not your enemy. The Bible calls him the adversary. Are you listening to me? Now let's move on. We're going to continue to talk. So the Bible says the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. Now there's two renderings of this. The King James says that the kingdom of heaven suffered violence. That means they were taking the L. But the NIV says is that the kingdom of heaven is forcefully advancing. So when Jesus made this statement, he basically said it to the point that it could be one way or the other. Either you are still suffering violence or you have become violent and now you are forcefully advancing. Are you listening? You're not. You can think you're sitting, uh, you know, just neutral, but you are either suffering violence or you are forcefully advancing. Which one is it? Look at yourself. Look at your life. Look at the things that are going on in life. Are you suffering violence? Or are you taking ground from the enemy? Now, before the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we were taking an L because, number one, we were not equipped. Number two, passivity had came in on man. Adam and Eve, they were, they were perfect human beings at one time, but passivity caused them to lose the, the, the kingdom or their place in the kingdom. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So what am I saying to you? You need to check yourself. Do you live a passively spiritual life? Or are you aggressive in the spirit? I need you to ask yourself that question. And you should know because you will know whether you are taking ground or you are losing ground. Now, the question is, how do we advance in the kingdom? How do we advance? Glad you asked that question. Let's go to a very familiar scripture in Ephesians chapter six. Amen. Very familiar scripture. This is going to tell us how we are to advance the kingdom. Are you listening? Now, let's go read those scriptures. Ephesians chapter six, verse 10. The Bible says, finally, after all my brethren, 
The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, this is one thing you need to understand. You are not strong except you are in the Lord. Remember what Paul said? Paul said that there was given to him a messenger of Satan to buffet him in the flesh. He said, lest he be exalted above measure. He said, the Lord told him, my grace is sufficient for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Then Paul said, rather I glory in my infirmity for when I am weak, the power of God rests upon me. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. When you are weak in yourself, you can be strong in the Lord and in the power of whose might? The Lord's might. All right. Now, listen to this. Let's move on. He goes on to say, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, this is another thing that I find very interesting. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. Let's take a look at the word stand. Now, one thing you have to understand about the word stand, the word stand is actually is a military term. Are you listening to me? Stand has a military meaning. It means to hold your position and listen to me, not just hold your position and weather the storm, but launch a counterattack. Did you get that? Stand against the wiles of the devil. He said to launch a counterattack. This is where most people uh, have a problem. The word stand in the original Greek is, is a word called histami. Are you listening? And it tells us that we are to launch a counterattack. That's as much important as it is to weather the storm. Launching a, a, a counterattack simply means now it's time for us to turn up our prayer life. Now it's time for us to begin to uh to, to, to stand on faith. Now is the time for us to take the kingdom principles and operate in them so we can drive on the enemy. We can launch that counterattack. We can take whatever he's taking from us. We can take it back by force. That's the only way you can gather force in the spirit is when you stand in kingdom principles and launch a counterattack. What are you missing in your life right now? What has the enemy taken? Maybe he's taken your job. Maybe he's taken uh, your possessions. Maybe he's attacked your finances. Maybe he's taken your credibility. Maybe he's taken something valuable to you. You will never get it back by just standing. There comes a time where you have to go on the offensive. Are you listening? I'm trying to encourage you now to stop just taking hits. Stop taking hits and stop swinging at people. It's time for you to know your enemy and launch a counterattack. I'm telling you right now. See, because now that's very important to know your enemy. Did you know that the Bible has given Lucifer nicknames. Did you know that? All throughout the Bible, Bible, he has been given nicknames. Why? 
because the nicknames that he's given reveals a facet of his character. Are you listening? His nicknames describe something about his character, who he is and what he does. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Let's just kind of look at a few of them and let's just take a small venture because you're going to have to know your enemy. If you're going to win this fight, you're going to have to know who you're fighting. And if you don't recognize, the Bible says first or second Corinthians chapter two and verse 11 says that we're not ignorant of his devices, lest he get advantage of us. Now, so you're going to have to know. For one, he's called a liar. That's one of his nicknames. He's a liar. If he's a liar, what does that mean? One of his uh, uh, operations, one of his methods is he is a deceiver. Now, listen to me. I didn't give you this part, but I will put it out here before we go any further. The, the Bible says that we have to stand against the wiles. The wiles. What does that mean? In one translation we hear, it is strategy and deceits. But the original Greek is uh, methodium. That's where we get our word method. That means it's a regular, systematic way of doing something. Satan has a regular, systematic way of of launching his attacks towards us. And if you don't know how to recognize him, it's very, very possible that you will not defeat him. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So let's go back to some of his, his nicknames and let's open up and reveal some of his characteristics. And that way you will know is this how he's coming at me today? Is this how he's coming at me in the future? Is this what he's using in order to keep me defeated? One I said was liar, which means that he's a deceiver. He tries to deceive you. He tries to fool you. It's one of the characteristics that in the uh, 24th chapter of Matthew, they was asking the question that what will happen in the last days and what should be a sign of that coming? And he said, let no man deceive you. That's one of the characteristics. Then we go on. He's a murderer. That means that he kills innocently. You know, the Bible says thou should not kill, but the original translation simply means thou should not murder. That means that thou should not uh, uh, murder or take a life innocently. And this is what he will do. He will attack innocent people. He doesn't care. Why? Because he hates you. While you're focused on people, he's focused on you. Are you listening to me? Can't you see? This is the reason why you're still struggling. This is the reason why you feel in bondage. This is the reason why you still watch pornography. This is the reason why you still go through all of these changes. It's because you are focused on the wrong thing, and yet he's come in and he's focused on you. Uh, so the Bible calls him a roaring lion, which means he is an intimidator. He will try to bully you. He will try to uh, force you. He will try to push you. All right. He's a, the Bible says as a rowing lion. He didn't say he was one, but it says he will present himself as a rowing lion, um, which moves on. He, he will, he's a, a serpent. The Bible says the serpent was more subtle than any uh, creature. That means he's crafty. Are you listening? He has a way of trying to manipulate. He's a manipulator. 
So he's very crafty and he's very subtle. Sometimes he comes boastfully and then sometimes he comes stealthily. Are you listening to me? But that's one of his nicknames that reveals some of his character. The Bible says he is a thief. St. John chapter 10 says that the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and to destroy. He comes and, and tries to steal. He tries to sift all of the God out of you. He tries to sift you of the promises of God. He tries to sift your family of all the rights that you have in God. Are you listening? The Bible says he is accuser of the brethren. He is a fault finder. He will always point out your weaknesses. He will always point out your failures. He will always point out and try to convince you there is no need for you to try to live for God because you, old dog, you, are you listening? Tell someone, put it down in the comments. He tried it with me. The Bible says that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren in the world. When you begin to look and see your brethren and your sister and saying, he tried it with me, you are not alone. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You must look at this thing and realize he comes at all of us the same way. Now, I don't want to. I don't want to go here. I, I, I want to stay on track because there are some other things. Okay, one of his names is Devil. Did you know that's not his name? His name is Lucifer, but he is called Devil. One of the one of the uh, 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 the Greek translations is Diablos. And if you look at the, the characteristics of that means, uh, it means also seducer and so forth, but it also means to throw through. What does that mean? That means he keeps throwing things at you, throwing things at you, throwing things at you until he breaks through. That he's trying to chip away at your armor. He's trying to chip away at your will. He's trying to chip away at your consistency. He's there's a lot of people right now that you are not consistent as you was a year ago. That's because the enemy has chipped away and weakened you. Now he's diverted your attention. You think it's people, but the truth of the matter is, is he's gotten in. He's broken down your defense. He's made you forget about you are serving the Lord and all that you do, you do as unto the Lord. Right now, you've justified your position because no longer do you see that it's the Lord that you are failing. Are you listening to me? So he's thrown things at you so much until he's dented your armor. He's put chinks in your armor until stuff starts falling off. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And I'm telling you right now, if your breastplate fall off, then your heart is no longer guarded. And then you will begin to see that you will suffer moral failure. Are you listening? If he's hit you in your, in your helmet, then at this point, you have mind battles. You can't control your thought life. He can tell you anything and you will respond to it. Are you listening? There is so many things. If he's hit your shield, no longer do you walk in faith. You are living a life that only you can do yourself. God is not involved anymore and you don't see the miraculous anymore. Oh man, let me just move on. Now, the Bible says in verse 12, it says for. Now, this is something. For we wrestle. That's a causative conjunction. For simply means because. 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high or heavenly places. Now, this is the other group of fallen angels that did not cohabit. Even the scripture says that the ones that did cohabit with women, they left their natural habitation. These were the group of spirits that did not leave their natural habitation, but yet they are still antagonizing us from heavenly places. Are you listening to me? The Bible says that the ones that did leave their natural habitation, go read the Bible. It says they are now in chains reserved until the day of judgment. Are you listening? And the demons now are the spirits of the hybrid race that was lost in the flood. Are you listening? There's a lot there. I know there's a lot there, but I just wanted to throw that out there. That's food for thought. So here it up. Here it is. These that did not leave their natural habitation to come down with and cohabit with women, they are still in the heavenlies antagonizing us. They are still trying to, as Daniel, the 10th chapter, trying to block your blessings and intercept your, your, your favor, intercept your prayers being answered. They are still trying to lodge an attack between you and the things that God has already given you that has to manifest by faith. Are you listening to what I'm saying? This is why you have to become spiritually violent and realize this is not people I'm fighting. I have to turn it up and get aggressive. When you see it in your children, when you see it in your finances, when you see it in your home, when you see it on your job, when you see it in your career, immediately you need to turn and turn up the aggression and realize you are fighting a spiritual enemy. Now, our fight is in the spirit. That's where we have to become violent. You know, the Bible says, and Paul said it this way in 1 uh, Timothy chapter 4, uh, verse 8. He said, for bodily uh, uh, bodily exercise profits little. It says, but, but godliness is profitable unto all, having a life, having the promise unto the life that now is and the life to come. Godliness. See, you have to stay in the spirit if you're going to win in the spirit. You, I don't care how much you have accomplished in the natural, you can have more degrees than a thermometer. But if you don't turn it up in the spirit, you're going to be whipped. You're going to suffer violence. You're going to, the enemy is going to be violent with you, your family, your finances, your health. He's going to come at you every way he can. Why? Because you are not turning it up in the area that matters most. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So if you don't become spiritually violent, then the attacks against you will override all of your natural advantages. Did you get that? If you don't turn it up, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to get you to redirect your focus on your real enemy so you can win some. <laughs> Are you listening? Because for many people, it's been a long time since they won anything in the spirit. And really, that's one of the reasons why they're so agitated, because they have suffered loss for so 
long. They've suffered defeat for so long. And they know that the one that's defeating them, they can't get it, get to them, which is in the spirit. Or they haven't gotten to them. They can. So little things irritate them. Little things agitate them. Why? It's only a response to consistent beating. That's the reason. Some people don't even know why they're agitated. And the enemy has convinced them someone else has something to do with it. But you got to understand, the Bible says if God be for you, those someone else's don't matter. If God is for you, all of those other people that you think is your problem, they it doesn't matter. Now let's go. Let's I got to I got to finish this. Oh man. So what do we have to do? To turn up in the spirit, you got to operate in dominion. What is dominion? Dominion is authority exercised. When you got saved, you were given authority. But according to Genesis 1 and 28, you was also given dominion. Now, why is it that so many Christians are being tore up from the floor? It's because they have authority, but they don't operate in dominion. Are you listening to me? What is dominion? Dominion is the power and the right to rule and control. Did you understand? God wants you to control. God wants you to rule. Even the Bible says in the natural that the rich ruleth over the poor. And the borrower is servant to the lender. He's basically saying when you are operating below your privileges, you are going to be dominated. You are going to be controlled. You are going to be ruled. You're going to be reigned over and reigned on. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So it is the power and the right to rule and to control. God is giving you that. But if you just operating in authority without operating in dominion, you are still suffering violence. Are you listening? If you feel like that you've been suffering violence and you realize that this was your answer, let someone else know. Someone else need to hear a witness. Someone else needs to know that there is another person that's overcoming at this moment. Right now, you're overcoming. If you're overcoming, let us hear it. You're overcoming because it's no longer should you be walking in defeat. No longer should you be whipped and beat up and suffering violence. When you are equipped to win, the Bible says you are more than a conqueror, not just a conqueror. You have some added advantages that makes you more than a conqueror. And now you got to understand something that's rule and control. When you rule and control your circumstances, it is called dominion. Did you get that? When you rule and control your circumstances, when things come at you and you take ascendancy over them, when you take control over them, when you begin to make decrees, when you rule, when you reign over your situations, that's called dominion. On the other hand, when you try to rule, reign and control over people, 
That's called witchcraft, controlling spirits. You need to know, have you went from dominion to witchcraft? Do you try to get a rise out of people by the way you act? That's a controlling spirit. Are you listening? Kids do that. Sometimes when kids get angry or displeased with something, they start pouting because they try to control their parents and make their parents operate in a certain way in order to appease their displeasure. You know what? That's witchcraft. That's controlling spirits. And at this point, if you are operating like that, you don't even know you're under the power of a witch. You have to break that thing and operate in dominion and get control over your situation. Get control over your circumstances. Get control over your life. Get control over your home. Are you listening to what I'm saying? That is dominion. So I hope that you got something out of this because it's time for you to become spiritually violent. That means you go back in and operate in kingdom principles and throw everything you are equipped with at the enemy. Throw everything that you know at the kingdom of darkness. Throw everything that they say, like, except the kitchen sink. And if you have to throw that, throw it too. But spiritually, you have to turn up. Put it in the comments. Tell somebody, turn up in the spirit. Are you listening? This is where our victory is. But most people know it's going to cost them something in order to turn up in the spirit. And they want no parts of it. So they will suffer violence until Jesus comes back. And if you okay with that, that's fine. That's you. But I'm telling you right now, that's less than the best that God has for you. He didn't build you like that. The Holy Spirit didn't indwell you like that. He didn't fill you like that. But if you allow him to come at you, he will do it until Jesus comes back. Because he is, the enemy is an intimidator. And he will bully you. He will bully you. That's... <laughs> I was going to say, ask the enemy, why you bully me? Because you let him. Because you let him. Turn it up. So my final question to you is, are you passive and suffering violence? Or are you taking it back by force? You're either one or the other. You are either being passive and life is happening to you, or you are taking it by force and you are making life happen. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope this word challenged you. Share it with someone. Let someone else know, hey, this is the reason why we've suffered the L even after we got saved is because we've been walking in passivity. Encourage someone else to turn it up. Even if you have to join forces with someone else, the Bible says, if any two of you on earth shall agree as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of our Father, which is in heaven, Matthew 18. 
And you can join forces until you can stand on your own. So, again, members of TRC, be faithful. Those of you that have joined us and are part of the ministry, part of this, you are praying for us. We thank God for you. Amen. So, remember, whenever we come back together again, from that time to this time, whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, make sure that the enemy is not taking it from you, but make sure you're taking it by force. That's when you know that you are keeping it real. <laughs>